Hello and welcome to Off the Wagon. I'm your host, Bobby Howard. This is the very first Thunder edition that we're doing for you. A little something different. Um, here with me today, you know him as the co-host of the Schooner Pod. It's Jameson Maxwell. But today we actually have a full house. We also got Andrew Brown on, one of my closest friends, and uh, Ford Brandon as well. So we got ourselves a squad. Boys, welcome to the podcast. Good to be here, man. Yeah, for sure. All right, so it is, we are halfway through the regular season, believe it or not, 41 games in, and uh, we just had, I mean, good God, what a game last night. Jameson, what are your, what are your thoughts on what happened? Well, I mean, we got in an argument about this, but I, I don't think that we need to overreact too much on the calls that didn't go our way rather than the calls that actually were correct. The technical foul, yes, it shouldn't have been called, but the unwritten rules of basketball are violated all the time. And while he shouldn't have been called, he did say GD, and some refs are going to take that offensively. The clear path was egregious, though. Absolutely egregious. Dennis Mm -hmm. Schroeder was in front of him. I looked at the NBA officials' Twitter page, and they described it, and it still made sense to me that it had been a clear path. Ferg foul was actually a foul. And then the out-of-bounds was correct. And then not putting time on the clock, that was egregious. So I only say two of the five things that Thunder fans have been complaining about are actually true. Um, I mean, like... So, it was a two-point game, right, when uh, the clear path foul was called, correct? Yes, and that would have okay, gave us so, two shots in the ball. and we Yeah, exactly. So, I'm like, that's why I'm so pissed off is because that completely shifted momentum of the game. And we had to get and lucky I mean, and get that alley-oop yeah, there, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was a great play by Russ, by the way. Russ last night made a lot of, like, great plays when, the, when, the, when it was, like, game time when the game was, like, really – Really, in um, in limbo, pivotal moments. The Russ haters were really quiet on Twitter last night after the game. Yeah, oh, it, really. you can't call him selfish if he has twenty four assists, and they're like, "Oh, he's just stat padding." Like, oh no, he's he's he, the way Russ Westbrook has been playing is exactly the way you want him to, where he just kind of he just kind of flows through everything, and you know, he shot 50%. does it. He does it all. Yeah, he shot yeah. fifty. He shot fine. Yeah, and the Bill Simmons said it on Twitter is best. Is like a pass first Russell Westbrook is the scariest Russell Westbrook, and the best play he's made all year has to be that Terrence Ferguson pass with the three. Oh yeah, up. yeah. He gave up the wide open three. But the problem is, I'm still not convinced on it because he still in the overtimes shot three pointers, and this man is shooting what 14 percent from three, something like that. He's shooting in the teens of three. The difference between 14 and 18 is a lot for him. He'd have to make a lot, and that shows how bad he is. This man is going to be a sub 20 percent three point shooter. Yeah, it's hard to shoot seven threes a game under 20 percent. Doesn't really add up. <laughs> no, I just—I mean, that's a lot of points off on the board that you're just completely missing. Um, but yeah, I mean, given what what went on with pretty much every every bounce going against the Thunder and um, and and the Spurs, you know, shooting an absurd historic amount from three, I think that was a pretty good performance. Uh, obviously, the three loss uh, three losses in a row isn't good, but yeah, I'm not a big fan of how we've given up season highs to or career highs to Andrew Wiggins and LaMarcus Aldridge two games in a row when we're supposed to be this defensive juggernaut. That's what. That's why I, mean, I thought it was important to address that last night because the same thing happened last year. I mean, what, didn't Lou Williams put like 45 on us last year or something? Like, yeah, players just continue to have these career highs and season highs against us. It's not a good look. But I think my main takeaway from last night was, you know, the Spurs played – absolutely perfect. Like, you can't ask a team. Like, that's what you dream about playing every night, you know? And for the Thunder to be down seven points at halftime and literally take this game, just keep fighting the resiliency, you know, just keep battling back after all the calls went against us. It felt like it was like 10 calls went San Antonio's way against zero for us. You know, and to keep battling like that and to have, you know, chances where we literally could have won the game, I think that's important. The effort was definitely there. You know, I was pretty pissed off last night, but after looking back at it, you know, like, I thought the resiliency, and that really showed something about our team. Yeah, and especially with the Adams injury, uh, you could tell San Antonio was just, just smelled blood in the water, going right at uh, Patterson or um, or uh, or Grant. Like, they just, I mean, LaMarcus Aldridge just feasted on our guys last night. It was it was intense. Gave me flashbacks of, two, of uh, 2016 Game 1. 
Um, but you know what? That I thought it was a good effort. Uh, I think this is some that Thunder fans can't really be mad about. Uh, it was it was just a wild game that didn't turn out our way. Now, something to be mad about is definitely the uh, the Washington game, the Minnesota the game, the past two games. That was just yeah. that was rough. But then again, I think in that Minnesota game, there were a lot of questionable calls, and I mean, I'm, not, I'm not blaming it all on that, but I'm just saying, like, for Minnesota to have 40 plus free throw attempts, I mean. Not all those are correct, you know. So I mean, it's it partially it's bad luck, but then again, the last two games that versus Washington and Minnesota, uh, we really just kind of gave up on uh, or on rebounding, and really like it just it just felt like our effort wasn't all the way there, and that, like because like we've known to be this great defensive powerhouse that just rebounds out rebounds teams night in night out, and for those two straight games, you know, just get out. I think Washington out rebounded us by like. 16 you know that's incredible like uh, I mean, I'll, I'll leave it there I mean I just think the effort the last two games was just atrocious what well, last the the two not not the Spurs but I mean the Minnesota and Washington I think I really do think that we can't really dog ourselves too hard on these losses recently um it's an 82 game when it's an 82 game season and on the the best word to describe it is just unfortunate the Spurs starting off 14 for 14 from three, and guys like Davis Bertans not missing a shot. Marco Bellinelli hitting that stride where he had, what, 12 points in the span of like yeah. a minute or two. They and, were making tough threes, by and, the way. And another, th- yeah, and another thing that we don't even mention is they couldn't miss from the free throw line either. Like the Spurs last night, on- the only person who missed a free throw is DeMar DeRozan. It, the- everything was going right for them. Well, they're the uh, reason they're the best free throw shooting team in the NBA. Well, yeah, but I mean, still, it's LaMarcus Aldridge hit 16 of 16. I understand he's a good free throw shooter, but hitting 16 of 16 in practice is extremely difficult. I, I mean, For a I big know. Man that, too. I, it's, I mean, he's got a stroke. His mid range is nice, but I mean, like, come on, 16 and 16 is a little. Even if you're in your in your game, I just, I mean. I, the whole persona right now from last night, what's been really get me is saying that the Thunder needs shooting. That's what really irks me the most. Oh, we need shooting. We need to trade for shooters. And it really pisses me off because we've got shooters. We've got great shooting. The Terrence problem Ferguson is... Sho- knocked down seven. Yes, exactly. Too bad our best shooter is somewhere exiled out of the country. <laughs> MIA, yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, well, the thing is, we're, Russell Westbrook bogs down our numbers. It's as simple as that. That's why we're the worst three-point shooting team in the league. Whenever he, okay, he's So official numbers, I looked it up. He's shooting 23% from three on almost five three-point attempts per game. That is going to really, really bog down your numbers. So if we're shooting 32% right now, if you took out Russell and let him play like he did last night, he had 0 of 4 from shooting 3 last night, but that's honestly a good game from Russell th- from 3 because his quantity <laughs> was lower. Um, I know you can't call it crazy, but his quantity was lower. If you if you kick that out, we're, we're a middle-of-the-road three-point shooting team, and we're not, our identity is not shooting. It's defense. So I would be extremely happy if Russell kept his pass-first motive, moving on to see how he played last night, and then our shooting numbers would therefore slowly go up. I think these last two games, despite the losses, have just shown how gritty this Thunder team is. Like, giving up career highs to Andrew Wiggins and LaMarcus Aldridge and still being in the games. Like, we had shots to at the end of that Minnesota game. PG had good looks, and we had chances to win the San Antonio game last night. But, I mean, things just didn't go our way. It's an 82-game season. Except if we played that way versus the Warriors and someone had a career high, we don't have a shot. Yeah. Well, yeah, because their career highs are a lot higher. But that that's really the thing about the Thunder team, is this Thunder team, is you don't see games like what happened the past two ones. Um so many Thunder teams, even in the Durant-Westbrook era, would just blow just mindless games to teams that they had no business losing to. And this team has been so good about avoiding those losses. You can tell in the standings, uh, being up there with Denver and uh, Golden State, it's it just it, you just can't get back into those habits. we got to be happy with the three seed right now, uh, definitely after a three-game losing streak. Um, we're a half game in front of Portland at the four. I mean, I understand it's a really big thing in the middle, but the way we're playing, we really can't be happy with our results, but we're just fine in our position right now. I mean, we've had really high expectations because there was a span where we were competing for the one seed, but come on now, like that's not that's not realistic. We're, a three seed would be absolutely great, great spot to be in. 
So we'll be matching up with Golden State. Well, that's or a three seed. You're <laughs> assuming a lot from Denver there. Yeah, I mean, Golden State's about to get Demarcus Cousins. That's going to be pretty big. It'd be one of them. Yeah, yeah. Which is a tall I, order. I mean, you got to think that Denver's going to lose some, and Golden State's going to win more. I think Golden State's going to end at the one. That talent, there's no way that they keep on dropping these random games. And who knows? Demarcus yeah. Cousins might be negative, but. I mean, I don't foresee it in that system. They've done really well with integrating players. It's just hard to foresee the Thunder going up any higher with the hardest remaining schedule in the league. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about that part. Um, we're about. We're, it's about to get really tough. But I think we have to address is that we still we have three rotation players out. I mean, Nerlens Noel's out, Abrinas is MIA, and we still don't have Roberson. So when we get all those guys back in the rotation and healthy, this team could elevate to a whole new level. Uh, here's a hot, hot button question. Um, oh god, I sound like Dennis and Sonny there. Um, <laughs> okay, so do you guys see Abrinas on the Thunder past this season? Absolutely not. No. Way. Oh wow. Even Jamison saying no, that's well, that's a little... But but would I like him to? Absolutely. But I just don't foresee it, his value being worth it, especially with his instability from this year. We're uh, the highest paying team in the NBA right now, and we can't afford to have people on our team that aren't going to be producing at a higher level if they're going to be getting a contract that's aside from a rookie deal. And if... If he was playing every single night and doing his thing and he was progressing like he was on defense at the beginning of the year, people were laughing whenever he was the highest defensive efficiency rating guy in the NBA because he was doing really well and he was making strides. And he missed a couple last-second shots, but all in all, I was very happy with the way he was playing. But the part that he's missing games and he's out for personal reasons for what we do not know, I expect him to be back in the next couple games because he's been back at practice. Um... I, I just don't see it worth our money, and I see we could just get a second-round pick and look how it's worked with Hamadou Diallo. I understand that's best-case scenario, but you can go out and find a shooter that is going to play you 82 games and be available for that, and you don't have to pay him whatever Alex can be asking $5 million, $6 million for. I mean, I could – I mean, if Abrinas was like – you know, if he'd been playing, you know, since Christmas or whenever he, you know, first, you know, started missing games – and he started, you know, because he was obviously progressing with his shooting and his defense at the uh, start of the year. So I think if he was playing during these games, I mean, I could definitely see him finishing the season with us. Yeah, we're working think, on I think him being, MI- yeah. him being MIA and, and, us strugg- and us struggling in total. Well, I won't, I guess I recently struggling, but I guess we weren't really struggling that much without him. I mean, uh, I, I just... I, I don't see us cutting a deal with him, especially I, I totally agree with what you're saying. You know, we need someone to produce if we're willing to shell out cash, you know, on a big deal for someone, for a player like him in free agency. But it'll be interesting. At the yeah. Deadline. It's, 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 I mean, the luxury tax is what it like a 1.5 times increase to our salaries right now. So it compounds on itself even more if we're going to pay someone that kind of money. Uh, I mean, think about what Golden State's been doing the past couple of years where they've been signing everyone on minimum deals and rookie deals, and that's how they use their role players, and they find some, some players like that. I, I just don't see the people like Patterson and, and Abrinas that are on those mid-level exception kind of-esque money deals having spots if we're wanting to continue pay a center $25 million a year. And then Paul no. George and Russell Westbrook, who's on a Supermax starting now. No. So Supermax is just going to completely take everything out of any possibility of having those kind of guys. When it comes to Patterson, though, I think it should be noted that I think in the last 12 games or something like that, it's like 11 or 12 games, he's shooting the best from three, like from our team. Yeah. He's playing great. Yeah. Patterson really has stepped it up and, you know, I guess kind of earlier this year, I was ready to pull the trigger on a trade on him, but I don't know. We always, I think I think he's not as uh, garbage as he was last year, and you know, kind of towards middle uh, the earlier part of this year. So he's been a liability on defense, though, is what I'll say. Yeah, he was getting when Adams went out last night. He was getting worked. He, he was playing completely out of his element. I feel like he's he's just not that type of he's not a center. <laughs> 
I at mean, all. The problem is, is in the way the NBA is moving right now, the the true four position is what he like what he kind of plays. There's no one playing like that anymore. Everyone's a stretch for kind of like a Jeremy Grant or you're a center like Stephen Adams. There are very very rare amount of people out there playing that Patrick Patterson can guard. Uh, even a guy like Davis Bertans last night, like Davis Bertans moves around too much for Patterson. Lamarcus Aldridge is too strong for him. Who could name me guys that Patrick Patterson matches up well on defense? He just doesn't fit our defen- our mold of these long athletic guys who will get in passing lanes and make you work. He just he can just get worked on the low post every possession. Yeah. And we just got to hope he makes a three pointer. And while he's been doing well recently, you got to applaud him. But whenever he doesn't make it. It, you you can't you can't have you can't have one way players and a lot of people will really key on on the offensive deficiencies but there's players many players that have defensive efficiencies that they're one way players and they can't play in the league anymore because of the way it's changing. Exactly, it's I th- I think the Thunder you know and when they when they kind of trend to a more small ball lineup I think you know it's they they can be pretty deadly. I mean, that that lineup with Grant last night I thought was really, really good with Grant at the five. Obviously, you don't want to be playing against LaMarcus Aldridge with Grant, you know, because defensively that just doesn't work. But um, going 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 small is definitely a strength of the Thunders, and I think I think it could definitely work pretty pretty good whenever we don't when we whenever we don't have anything to do with Patrick Patterson. Um, but going forward. I don't know. Uh, obviously, the biggest acquisition is going to be getting uh, Andre Robertson back. But do you think the Thunder need to make a move to take that next step, guys? Well, there's the report that just came out by Keith Smith. I don't know who Keith Smith is, but he had a blue check mark next to him, so I guess he's something. And Rip- better than fan sided. Yeah. So yeah, Ford. Ford. Who? Ford is a really big fan of fan sided. So do not take that. He's like, do you hear that? Kevin Love's coming to the Thunder. Like, come on, Ford. I didn't say that at all, bro. Okay, we're looking at him. No, it means... I, li- that- I literally just read off saying that we were interested in acquiring it, Kevin Love. And, and your it. source was fan-sided, yes or no? No, I didn't say any, any sources. I, I just... I, a little birdie told me. Okay, yeah. So, so essentially... So the, the I whole Kevin just saw I looked it up. Report and I didn't even look at the article. I just read the headline. Yeah, Kevin so, Love so- needs to stay far away from this team. He just signed like a five-year, $25 million deal or whatever, like I guess it was an opt-out, so four-year. And this man has been hurt almost every single year for the past three years. Nobody wants him. He honestly, you would ha- if, if I'm a team, you would have to pay me to take in Kevin Love's contract if I'm a team like the Thunder. If I'm a mid-level team, yeah, I'd take him. I'd experiment with him, but our tax is not going to allow it. But what I was saying with the Key Smiths report is saying we're looking for a backup center. I don't know if that sheds light on the status of Nerlens Noel. Uh, he posted on his Instagram story about an hour ago saying, "I'm getting back to normal. Can't thank y'all enough for the prayers." That does you really can't read into that much. Concussions have the most variable recovery time. You have no idea if it's going to be a really short time. Mostly, it's a week. But with a big traumatic fall like that, you can never know what's going to go with that. If he's going to have a bunch of other associated symptoms, well, symptoms that come you- with the concussion well, what are you what are you saying about neurons noel like we were looking to like you know trade him or something no, i was like he's we, one of the most need, valued rotation players god know? no we need, yeah, we need like, another yeah. guy while he's out if we don't have him right now it is too see what happened to us last night without having a backup center screwed us because patterson can't fight with lamarcus aldridge and jeremy grant's great but we need a guy who can guard a big and if we had a guy as we have, we have fourteen roster spots. So let's take that into account. We have a guy that we we could sign a buyout. We could sign a free agent. But mostly, what this report is assuming is we'd look into trades. I don't know what y'all are thinking, but my favorite is Costa Kufis <laughs> right now. And since Costa Kufis is not the most highly sought after guy, I mean, we wouldn't have to give much in it. And that's what the report says. We do not want to give up much. So. All those star players and all those big names. Go, don't go to the comments of that tweet and see, oh, let's get Nikola Vucevic. Everyone can stop with that. We're going to get someone really low end. Costa Kufis, expiring deal. We could see if we could shell off Patterson. And I mean, I don't know if y'all are ready to give up on Abrinas, but it would be nice for money wise to give up Abrinas, Patterson, Costa Kufis. Wow, be a, coming from you. Wow. It's it's a financial thing. If he's not going to play, why do we have his money on our team with the with the tax? Hey, if there's one thing Jameson likes more than Alex Sabrina is this aging bald centers. Preferably of Eastern European origin. <laughs> I, hey, 
Preferably with the name Nanad. <laughs> Nanad forever. Nanad forever. I consider I considered uh, calling this podcast just Nanad forever. So how old is Nanad Kristich, and is he available to play? I, I don't know. All I know is that Cole Aldrich is currently available. He's out in China playing with the Tinjin Rogue Gang uh, Gold Lions, and we could pick him up at any time. Uh, can, can we buy him out of his Chinese contract? I don't think uh, Tinjin would let us take him. Uh, currently, Ryan Spangler has just finished his contract with the Toshiba Kawasaki Brave Thunders. Which pick him up. The Brave Thunder. So he's 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 not just the Thunder, but the Brave Thunder. He's got ties. He's got ties. <laughs> he's got ties. Yeah, big old goofus would be kind of interesting for the Thunder. I mean, eight point eight million. We talked about the money. Another guy I was thinking about. I mean, possibly an Alex Lynn. He's getting paid four four point three million. Um, on a one year, and then we okay, we gotta okay. You're gonna say like, oh, these guys suck, but we need just a third string guy to sit in our bench that could come out and possibly play. And then Willie Alex Hernandez. Lynn and Russ have beef, don't they? Oh well, they'd squash it. It doesn't matter. It's not real beef. <laughs> I I was at that game, that Suns game, where he like pushed Russell, and they got in that huge fight, and Russ got ejected. It was New Year's uh, like a couple years uh, ago. That's not beef though. Beef is when you know ICU guaranteed to be an ICU. So, like, I, I'm just saying, like, that's not like a Patrick Beverly Westbrook level beef, I think. Okay, no, no, it's not that. But, I mean, I've, I've noticed it over the last couple games that they've seen each other. they played against each other. They've kind of had some words. Yeah, but, I don't know, I could see him being a good, a solid third string. Any other, uh, what other options are you thinking, James? I, I liked Lynn, Kufis, and Hernan Gomez. Kufis probably being the top just because I think we could unload and actually save some money in that deal. By taking out Patterson and Abrinas. Yeah, that may, I think that makes sense. I haven't really even looked at Biggs, you know, since it, that tweet came yeah. out. It'd have to be a three-team deal, and it'd probably, I don't know, it'd probably be, we'd be pro- probably part of a smaller part of a big trade, and we'd probably get someone really low-end also, along with giving up those two. So, I don't know. Who's Alex know Lynn playing for? Atlanta? Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean... It's one of those situations where you just throw in a body that can be better than Patrick Patterson. That's all you need. I think I think Lynn could do that. But. We need to jettison Patrick Patterson out of Oklahoma City. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I eh, I'm all right with him here. He's he can stay here just as long as you don't give him too much minutes or anything. Um, he's, he's, I mean, he's played his worth in minutes. I mean, obviously, yeah. We I mean, we touched on it before about how he's shooting the best out of the last like twelve. 14 games, something like that. But I think he's 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 playing well. At the power forward spot, but definitely not as a backup center. It's just we need – the whole narrative right now is we need a center if Nerlens Noel is going to take a while to get back. Now, this news wouldn't have came out if they if Thunder don't believe this might be a kind of a long ter- term thing because we were you didn't hear any chirps about it until the Noel injury. You know, well, I mean, well let's not was, let's also not overlook uh, Adams getting hurt last night too. That could yeah, be a lot more long term. Adams is a tank. He'll play through injuries and you won't even know. Stephen Adams looks like he was playing through a torn Achilles at some points last night. He looked like he was in pain. That before he came down on his foot scared me. That is like the scary kind of fall wherever you have lost balance and you come down on that one foot. Yeah, it was kind of non-contact-ish, but yeah. Wait, wasn't that that was the wrong foot? That was the opposite foot, right? It was his the the injury that when he went out last night. Uh, when he was contesting that Aldridge jumper or something like that, it was yeah. his left foot, right? Mm-hmm. On the dunk, it was his right foot. I don't care because left foot instability causes you to favor your right more. And he came down off balance off that dunk. That's just, I mean, you see that way too much of people who just hang on the rim weird and fall down on it. It's, it's bad news. We got really yeah. lucky. Yeah, well, it... It looks it's it's been a pretty intense stretch though for the Thunder as you can obviously tell with the three losses. Um, got another chance to crack at the Spurs on Saturday though. I kind of kind of wonder how tired both teams are. I, th- I don't think it's going to be the all time classic that uh, last night's was, but I think it, I think it could be a pretty good one. I think we're going to come out pissed and beat the shit out of them. And we should. <laughs> it's going to be similar to what Dallas that Dallas Mavericks back to back. I know it's really easy to compare those two. But we went to Dallas the night before, and it was a really close game. We lost, and then we came out at home and we handled them. That's how I expect it. How it should be. Agreed. I mean, that's 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 how you do it. Um, I don't know. I mean, definitely Dallas is a little less good of a team than you um, 
than, than the Spurs. But you know, I I don't think the Spurs team really is what it what it used to be. It's just oh no, you can you can tell they need they need they need that big three back. Well, not back, but you know you you need that that con- uh, continuity that you've had since I mean mm-hmm. 1999. It's it's just hard to just build overnight. They're hot though. They've been playing really well recently. And with Greg Popovich, I I don't like to doubt him. Yeah, if they miss the playoffs this year, I would be amazed. I don't know about amazed. I, I just don't see it happening. Greg Popovich not making the playoffs? When was the last time he did that? Like ninety eight? Yeah, I, mean, I don't know what they're on a crazy run. I mean, I, I Greg Popovich is amazing. <clears throat> He's one of the few coaches in the NBA that it can actually impose his will on the result of a team. I think that's very, very rare from a professional coach. But, you, I mean, if DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge play like they did the past couple of games, they're making the playoffs. But the narrative before last night is LaMarcus Aldridge was having a very average season. So let's see if the narrative yeah. shifts here. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. He was an um, all-star last year. Surprised me, but... Yeah, but a look at a look, speaking of all stars, uh, how about the voting this year? I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's to minimize the importance of it because you know now it's fifty um, percent fan, twenty five percent coach, twenty five percent player on the starters. But I feel like we've gotten some weird results here. Luka Doncic, incredible, but top three is a little crazy. As a rookie, um, no way. The weirder one is Derrick Rose, <laughs> um, uh, currently I- starting. The weirdest one to me is Pascal Siakam or whatever for uh, Toronto. He's good. He's got he's t- good. He's like top ten on the front court on the uh, on East. Dude, he's really league, good. It's because <laughs> all star really. Like, yeah, he, he's not been okay. He's not an all star, but this dude is like yeah. the <laughs> ideal role player as a team right now. Like you, that's the kind of guy you need on your team. He's a low salary, high effort, does everything, uh-huh. highly efficient guy. He's he's just been perfect for the the Raptors, the so unsung hero. He's the perfect role player. That's what I'm saying. Like he's not an all star. I mean, he's averaging 15 and six. It's not bad. Not yeah, but it's the East. Mm, yeah. Oh. Exactly. Yeah, it's I'd it's a little. It. Yeah, it's 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 interesting how that all works out, but I don't know. Um, Paul George is starting. That's pretty cool. Durant, I'm surprised Durant hasn't been getting a ton of votes. And for all of y'all that are listening, go into NBA.com slash vote. Vote Alex Abrinas for the Alex <laughs> All-Star game. It is currently, we're recording this on Friday. It is a double vote day. I got my double votes in for Alex Abrinas. So Would he even ahead. show up? He's in my that, that, That'll be the thing that gets him to come back is if you vote him in. <laughs> he needs some morale. The personal reasons, whatever they are, we need to be on his side. Everyone you know, that goes, okay, ever, all the Thunder fans that act like Gooners and go up in their Twitter and say, like, oh, you suck. Like, do you guys see Patrick Patterson whenever he started talking about uh, SEC football and whenever OU lost to Alabama and how everybody attacked him? That just pisses me off. Why would you do that to your own team member? Be positive and a guy that has a history of being down on himself say, it's all right. I know you're missing, but shooters get out of shooting funks. It's, I, I hate that stuff. Never dog your own teammate to their face or in public. Don't boo your team. I, I, I'm a huge against that. Well, you should have seen. Go check Patrick Patterson's Twitter response whenever he's saying, whenever he's making fun of OU because he's a SEC Kentucky guy. Well, honestly, Patrick Patterson should know better than that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really making fun of talking crap on OU yeah, in but Oklahoma. Yeah, but that's, but that's mean, not, no. but that's not personal. And then we made it personal and came out his game. Yourself, like, come on. Okay, I mean, I obviously. Do- I don't have a Twitter. I don't follow Patrick Patterson's every move. I, I know nothing of this topic, but yeah, let's let's take a look at some of the games going forward. We obviously talked about the Spurs. It's an interesting little stretch here. Um, Thunder at Hawks. It's just kind of the next five. Okay, so th- uh, Sp- uh, Thunder Spurs, Thunder at Hawks. Uh, got the Lakers on the seventeenth. Um, Sixers, and then the Dynamite, just powerhouse New York Knicks. That's the next five coming up. Um, what do you guys kind of think the Thunder can do in this stretch? Like, what 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 are you projecting as a possible record here? Uh, I say we. I think I think they're going to come back strong, hit the Spurs with everything we got, come out swinging. I think we're going to treat that series just like the back to back Dallas series this year. We're going to uh, come out fighting 
and I think we're going to handle them. We'll probably, I think we're going to win by like, I think just because of our recent injuries, I think we're going to win by 10, but I, that's pretty solid to me. I think we'll take care of the Hawks because they have 12 wins. If the Lakers, do, if the Lakers don't have uh, LeBron, I think we could win that. But I expect Kuzma and a bunch of their players to start stepping up big because recently they have in LeBron's absence. So that might be a little closer than it looks on paper. Um, the Sixers, I'm so excited for this one because of the Joel Embiid rest beef. That one's going to be interesting. That's a whole lot of fun. I, That's I must-watch TV. Yeah. So, so definitely any player that has beef with Russ and it's on ABC on primetime on a Saturday, like that, dev, you're right, Andrew, that is must watch TV. And whenever we get Philly OKC games in primetime, it's always been beef city because you know, Joel Embiid knows it's on national television. Oh, He's yeah. going to try to get under his skin. Without a doubt. And then the Knicks were playing against a player who got sick from eating too many hamburgers. Which I, I I gotta say that is one of the most ridiculous stories I've heard in the NBA in quite a while. Is that <laughs> what have you heard about this? Yeah, yeah, it's on it's on a MLK Day. That's why it kick, uh, tips off at eleven thirty in the you morning. You know that former player pretty well. Oh yeah, shout out to the Stash Bros. But um, yeah, um, it'll be interesting. Interesting to see, like we mentioned, if LeBron will be playing for the Lakers. You know, if he'll be you know healthy by then. My bet's probably no. Trey Young's yeah. always fun to see. Uh, I don't know. I, I think uh, Thunder can go. As, I think best case scenario um, is four and one. It's five That's and zero. Best case scenario. Yeah, well, definitely. Well, yeah, five well, and well, well, yeah, yeah, obviously. But well, I think realistically, four and one is probably uh, what we're gonna get. I mean, I think the Thunder know what's at stake. Is that losing four straight? is unacceptable, especially with a team that has high expectations trying to make the playoffs in the top seed. Uh, top uh, top seeds, I mean, like one through three, you know. Um, so I, th- I think we're, we're really going to start uh, bundling down and rebounding better, playing better defense, stepping up. I, mean, I, I think we'll take care of Spurs, Hawks, Lakers. Six, if we can get past the Sixers, we'll go 5-0 and on this trip. Yeah, but, I agree. Agreed. That, that's easily the hardest uh, game on the schedule. I, th- I think they could definitely get past it. Um, I don't know. I, I just I just need to see some of this Thunder team that makes me think that I can they can kind of scoot past it. But I just think the grittiness of this team makes shows that we're like built perfectly for the dog day stretch. Like we're getting into that point. Like it's about to be past the All Star break in a month. And then it's that period where, like, oh, we're waiting for the playoffs. And when teams don't uh, don't come and bring it every night, we have that defense to, to you know, um, just, like, kind of make up for our offensive woes, which has been the identity of the season. Like, we haven't been great on offense. But, like, the, our defense keeps us in games, and that's what's going to happen throughout the dog days of the regular season. It's all yeah, about I, scrappy rebounding. Great rebounding team. Like, the, that's that's what the Thunder do better than anyone else. They get those offensive rebounds, second-chance points, and just grind a team down to dust. Which leads and to better offense. Exactly. You're not going to see the Thunder typically outshoot teams like crazy. But, you know, they're they're a tough team. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they play going forward, especially against uh, Joel and the Sixers, uh, with how much size they have. But I think I think the Thunder can go on a really good run here. I'm I'm, look, I'm optimistic. Yeah, I think our identity, though, I, the whole offensive rebound thing is probably going to have to change until Stephen Adams gets healthy and Nerlens Noel comes back. Uh, I I know that's what's done really well for us, but we're going to have to find a different way. Uh, and we we have a plenty of talent to completely change that narrative. But for people that are going to get really mad, they're getting out rebounded. It's going to happen these next couple games. Yeah, just be ready for it. Oh yeah. We might see Alex Lynn put up twenty rebounds against us, and we're really going to want him. Mm-hmm. And y'all heard it here first. <laughs> You gotta love those those random uh, players who come out of nowhere and just torch the thunder annually. Um, the Amon Shumpert Award. Yeah, the, the, yeah, um, really. the, yeah, we're talking. We need to do a list: the Amon Shumpert All Stars, where we just we, we have to pick <laughs> we pick the best team that just 
is made of team of players that just randomly lighted up against us. Andrew Wiggins. Wiggins. The founding member is Dewan Blair from the San Antonio Spurs. Today. <laughs> like he is the founding member of the Thunder Killers, and we always wanted him. We we're like, oh, look, can we trade for Dewan Blair? You always wanted him. <laughs> I wanted Dewan Blair, despite the fact he had no ACLs. <laughs> I don't recall wanting him, but that sounds. Kind don't of forget right. Michael Petrus. Uh, I was big on Michael Petrus. I wonder what big. he's doing nowadays. I wonder if he's available. Hey, you know how three and D three and D has been huge the past couple years, dude. I've been on three and D for the past ten years, my man. Like, who I hasn't been on three and D? We're finally getting that with Terrence Ferguson. Terrence, I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. But I'm, what I'm saying is, three and D fad in the NBA did not catch nearly enough heat. I was on that way before. Petrus, the three and D guy. I'm not totally ready to buy into T-Ferg yet after two good games. Dude, he's been playing really well this season. It's You're looking at offense, Andrew. I understand you're not ready to buy in on his three-point shooting, but this man has played great defense this whole year. And you know what he's doing? He's allowing it for those one guys that Paul George will guard, and he has to run all over the court to, to catch, like a Clay Thompson, someone who's really active, like someone who mimics their game kind of a Rip Hamilton style. Ferguson does that now, takes up all his energy on defense, and Paul George can play offense, and that's why he's having such great numbers. I think, I honestly think Ferguson is a huge part in why Paul George is having a great year. I mean, I think he'll be better when Roberson comes back and he's coming off the bench and getting less minutes. Well, Roberson did the same thing with Paul George last year before he got hurt. And that's why George's numbers were amazing for steals, and he was one of the leading candidates for Defensive Player of the Year. Uh the Terrence Ferguson has stepped into that role and stepped up his defense to another level. He's become scrappy. He's really good at getting over the screen. He's one of the best guys at caboosing people over screens. It's uh, I've been really impressed. I was a really big hater on Terrence Ferguson last year, but his defense has impressed me. And I, and I understand he's very inconsistent, and that turnover he had last night was egregious and unforgivable, but that's a young mistake. He's going to keep on ironing out. And if he keeps on progressing, the jump the jump that he made last year, if he makes another jump, this dude, is there's an argument where I'd rather have him than Robertson. But the thing is, defense isn't our problem. Like, we don't we don't need more good defenders. Well, we, we scored, they scored 154 on us last night. And then the night before, Minnesota scored 119. Then Washington scored 116. It's been a recent problem. But overall yeah. in the season, I feel like, it's been pretty all right. Uh, trust me, I, I think we should start Robertson because having a scorer come off the bench, you always want that with the Thunder, and I feel like um, I feel like that's desperately needed with this team. Yeah, Robertson's more experienced too. This is this is my. He's name. been in big that, games. That takes the heat off of Paul George having to guard the best player. Yes. Every yeah. Time. I mean, yes, that's and this is my narrative. You can have too much offense, but you can never have too much defense. So I think defense is definitely more valuable than offense in this league. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, the one player who I feel like has really like impressed me out of nowhere has been Abdul Nader. I wasn't a big fan of him after that uh, Houston performance, but you know what? The guy can score. What were you, what sure, he's a liability. What's that? I was asking Andrew what he thought of it because he's been open against him too. Okay, I was. I am on the Abdul Nader train now after <laughs> uh, his recent uh, performances. I was quick. His uh, well, his he's eighteen seven and two in his per thirty six this year. So I mean, I can't complain against that. Per thirty six. Yeah, I mean he. A lot of the Boston Celtics fans kind of ripped him as he went, like, oh, you're getting just a worthless guy. I've been really impressed this season because we did have a huge insurance policy with our backup forwards. We got a bunch of new ones in TLC, Hamidou Diallo, Abdul Nader. Uh, We just hoped that at least one of them would hit, right? I think we got pretty decent two hits with um, Nader and Diallo. I'm not ready to go on the train toward Nader's... like, for sure, we did really well in getting him and trading. Who do we trade for? Rodney Purvis to get him, you know? I mean, <laughs> Which we had for, like, <laughs> Yes. So, I mean, yeah, he's doing really well. And the good thing is he's got the potential to score, and now he's becoming confident. And in a guard, a shooter mm-hmm. who has confidence is the best thing you can that's have, and that's want. what you see in Terrence Ferguson right now shooting the ball. And that's what you see with Nader right now. And he's driving the ball, and he's floating it up, and he feels good in his offense. And... That's all you can ask for. 
Do you guys think that uh, Caparo will ever find you know a consistent role in this team towards the second half of the season? He doesn't even get to step on the court ever. I don't think he can find a role if he can't get on the court. Well, I'm just saying. Just pop the question. The only way that happens if we have an injury or if Nader starts doing horrible or and then Robertson never does anything and Ferguson somehow <clears throat> turns into crap. Like it the only way TLC got minutes whenever he was playing is whenever we had the injuries and we just wanted to test guys out. And he had a couple good games, but his three point shot is just not consistent at all and Nader's is more consistent, so we're gonna roll with that. Um, I guess speaking of Andre Roberson, do we have any idea when he's coming back? Because it wasn't it supposed to February. be like around like late December was like, but they changed it to like beginning of no, uh, January. I don't know something like that. Yeah, so I think it was all, it was February now. Yeah, it's February. February, God, really? Yeah, it's so he had his stitch problem, or I guess I don't know. I'm not familiar. I know I know I'm pretty familiar with all the surgeries of the knee except for the patellar tendon. I'm figuring since it's a tendon, you don't do a graft, and you have to actually stitch and suture the tendon back together. One of those stitches got infected, so they had to re-go back in and clean it back up. And then he had a a tiny little fracture. So he's had two, and that fracture is what put him back to February. So it's been really unfortunate for him. And you don't see many good stories coming back from patellar tendons, really. Patellar tendons, nasty injury. So it's this man who made his money, his whatever three year twenty seven million uh, off lateral quickness, or three year thirty million. I don't remember what it was. Um, off lateral quickness, it's going to be huge to see him, and it, it's going to be a lot. Of, it's going to be a huge mental battle for him too. And I've I've heard that you know. Uh, since he's been injured, he's been really helping develop the uh, younger players on defensive end because he's been leading like film sessions. How about develop a f***ing free throw shot? Yeah, yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, you don't really need knees to shoot a free throw. He never yeah. bends his knees. He, de- he doesn't bend his knees on his free throws anyways. He can practice this while he doesn't do anything. But yeah, uh, I mean, that's my he argument. Had all, that- he had all offseason, like after Russ's MVP season to work on the free shots after the game four in Houston. He still I, just sat on his ass. Like, yeah, I understand this is crazy, but if Ferguson continues to play the way he is this season and he doesn't drop off, I'm about to put my foot down and say I'd rather have Ferguson than um, Robertson right okay. now. I, I would rather have Robertson pre-injury, but I know what it's like coming back from a knee injury. It's well, you're we'll never the we'll same. That's not for all players, but I mean, yeah, there's a likelihood. But eighty, I'd say eighty percent of players definitely have some kind of deficiency in their game compared to before. Well, look at Russ and look, Russ and his meniscus. Jameson knows the struggle of coming back to the uh, that I am grind, uh, nursing a knee injury. I mean, yeah, you, you can joke about it, but I mean, like, I it's 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 tough. It's a mental battle because you never think you can do the same stuff that you did every time you jump. You don't you don't feel like you, those times where. Robertson was so good about letting a defender by just real quick and then block it from behind, and he was Harden's complete stopper. Harden, if Harden got one step on a guy, which he's so well at doing, good at doing, Robertson could always have the long arms to get him, and that was something so good that Harden played his worst games versus us. But now he's going to be questioning himself on those jumps. I guarantee you. I mean, I mean, he definitely has Russ to kind of mentor him with that with the meniscus. I mean, look, Men- how meniscus that- is completely different. That's neat. Isn't yeah, it? but meniscus meniscus energy is not really structural. Meniscus is kind of like the pillow in between your knee and your leg. You know, I mean, it kind of, it just helps your like. Whenever you fall down, it kind of just braces the fall. This these ligaments and tendons help you with your lateral movements. It's it's a complete different game. That's that's Roberson's game completely is lateral quickness and defense. And without a knee, it's kind of hard to do that. Most guys who do well coming back from knee injuries turn and become better shooters. And so, do you have? Yeah, do you do you have confidence in that? Because I don't. That's why I'm saying I want to hear this argument from all of y'all. Pick a side: Ferguson or Robertson going forward. If you had to, if you had to cut one right now, I would pick keep Ferguson. Mm-hmm. I'm keeping. Well, Robertson. definitely Ferguson. Right I, I think now, I, I think I'd go with Ferguson because um, I mean he's young and. You know, I think he has a lot of upside. Well, I think that, I don't think that's a fair question. I mean, I think at the end of the year you have to ask that because what if Roberson comes back and he plays great? 
Well, yeah, so it's yeah, about health. Then who would you rather? Have? Okay, I mean, then I what? We gotta the, wait. You gotta wait. Okay, so I mean, if you're saying okay, if Roberson comes back eighty percent than who he was, would you rather start Ferguson or Roberson? I'd legitimately rather start Ferguson. Ferguson, if he's eighty percent. You, you, if you want Ferguson, you said offense coming off the bench, Bobby. I, Ferguson's not a guy who can create his own shot. That's you want guys who can create their own shots coming off the bench. Nader can create his own shot. How crazy that sounds. Dennis Schroeder <laughs> is really good with it. Terrence Ferguson, when he tries to drive the lane, he turns the ball over. That is very true. Um, yeah, that's a that's a tough call. I don't know. I I think we definitely need to see how Robertson responds to the injury. Uh, like you said, a lot of a lot of it's mental. There's a lot of a lot of a lot of. Uh, I mean, we saw that in football with. Uh, uh, Hollywood Brown, this again in the Orange Bowl, like he, you could tell that he was. He, I think mentality wise, he wasn't fully there. Um, They're also playing Alabama, <laughs> of course, but still, like <laughs> you could, you, it, it was mainly like in the drops. Yeah, I mean, but the Thunder have one of the best medical staffs in the league. I mean, I'm placing my confidence on that. I mean, we'll see, but I think I think Roberson's going to come back. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's gonna it's gonna take you know. A couple weeks for him to really get back into a flow, but I have confidence that he's going to come back uh, close to the same player he used her he was uh, pre-injury. That's I think all I got. Uh, what do you guys? Any any final thoughts for uh, this early episode of Thunder Potting? Yeah, Dennis Schroeder needs to get better. He's yeah, what is up shooting, with Schroeder? He's shooting thirty-two percent over his last five games and averaging like nine points a game. I mean, all players go through slumps. I mean, Russ is getting I'm, out of his right now. It took a while, but I have confidence. It's it's like what you said earlier. It's kind of that the dog days of the NBA season. I mean, it's just kind of like, you know, those grind-out games. You go through slumps. Like, yeah, I, I mean, he'll get back. I think they're a team that – I think the Thunder is definitely a team that can, uh, that, that can put it together by the playoffs. This is a team definitely built for that. Um, everyone just yeah. needs to get healthy. I would not want to face us in a seven-game series. We will grind you to death. Yeah, and you know, honest. I mean, this is the year. Yeah, this is the year that I think that Golden State is most vulnerable. I don't think it's going to be next year or the year after. I think this. If if another team outside Golden State is going to win the title, it's going to be this year. I think we match up well with them too. It depends yeah. on how Cousins shakes out, but even then, I think that that slows down their team a little bit where we can play with them better. Yeah. Yeah, so just to – I've been looking it up right now, players that have torn their patellar tendons right before, and it's just like there's so many bad stories. Like Antonio McDice, like you can laugh, and yeah, he wasn't that good, but the dude was averaging 18 points per game and then came back and just dudded the season after. Karam Butler, whenever he was doing really well, like in the heat of things – Torres Patellerton and came back, and then he's just just a shooter. That's what I was talking about, come back as a shooter. Jeremy Lin it was a guy who could get, could have got a lot of money, oh. ruptured his Patellerton. We, we can write that one off. I mean, you know, it's, what I'm saying is just like, like I, I don't see too many stories. I, I really do. So I'm just a little cautious for that. But with Dennis Schroeder, I want to comment on that too. The whole three-point shooting thing, I think we're kind of – we got our hopes up high at the beginning of the season because he came in with – reservations on how well he was going to shoot the three. He wasn't supposed to be a good three-point shooter. And then he did really well at the beginning, and we were all very impressed. And now he's been taking a dip. I feel like that's kind of expected. Uh, he's going to be a 33% guy. and that, I think he's 32 right now. He's in that area. That's where he's going to be about to sit. What's going to make him good is the creation, is the making those role players coming off the bench, giving them the opportunities and creating those plays, throwing those really good oops. He's one of the best alley-oop throwers I've seen. He's so good at it. He throws it right above the rim, and Jeremy Grant just taps it in. Uh, those floaters, that those floaters say. weren't flowing, going last night, but that float, he's got a really good float game. It's nasty. It's don't don't dog on him because of his three point shots. Um, I think the creation, if it's there, that's that's what we need to see from Schroeder. I feel like with Schroeder, I feel like um, it's, it's he's, he, it was kind of the Corey Brewer effect where you saw a lot of three point shooting early. Kind of, you know, kind of cooled off, obviously, because the guy was making threes despite being one of the worst three-point shooters in NBA history, percentage-wise. Um, Schroeder, I mean, definitely not to the same effect, but I feel like the biggest thing with Schroeder is that's just not really his game. 
Yeah. I mean, he's still a six-man-of-the-year candidate. He still runs the offense very well when Russ is on the bench. He's just going through a slump. I mean, at that, I mean, I, you can't ask for much more, I feel like, out of a backup point guard. Because you got to expect that every player is going to go through a slump like this. I mean, you'd be, you'd be a fool not to. I mean, I, so yeah. I mean, I'm I, I'm pretty I'm, I'm happy going forward. I mean, I, I'm Very pretty happy. confident in this team. I I think we have a real shot at winning it if winning it all if we can get healthy and start and Russ you know gets out of his slump, which he is doing. Russ is getting out of his slump slowly, but he is. Um, yeah, there's Andrew. Um, I, I yeah, I think I, I think we've said pretty much everything that needs to be said on that matter. Okay, one more question for y'all. Um, who would you guys like to see at our two uh, in the closing lineup come playoff time? Because we're going to have some options. We're going to have Roberson back, uh, T. Ferg, and uh, we've been playing Schroeder at the two sometimes to close games. Who do you guys want to see out there? Yeah, I feel like it's depending on who we're playing. Uh, I, I was going to say I, that too. Yeah, I understand that uh, Warriors are the easiest um team to put out there just because that's what we hope our end goal is by playing them so if we're playing the Warriors it's either Ferguson or uh Robertson for me I don't if want Ferguson's hot then I'd put Ferguson well yeah I don't but this isn't this isn't an offense thing for me this is a defense uh I feel like the way we beat the Warriors is if we out defense them and shut down their stars and force like one star to do only well and we have big games from our stars I think that's the way we're going to win any playoff series. Yeah, I agree. So I, I think whoever, whoever, if Robertson's healthy and doing well, definitely you'd want him out there at the end. If he's taking a step back, maybe Ferguson's your guy. This, that's the guy who's going to be guarding Clay Thompson. And like I said, he's yeah. going to be moving around a lot. So Robertson's uh, also very experienced in that situation. Yeah. So currently, currently, right now, if you're just saying it like just a general answer, I'd probably say Ferguson. I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of the double point guard. And I think I think is talking about adjustments. Uh, playoff come playoff time, people we like to d- uh, bag on Dilly or Dilly Billy sometimes. But you know what? The guy really uh, is probably one of the best playoff adjusters uh, I've seen in a while. The guy the guy knows, and you, you can see it during the regular season where he'll tinker with lineups here and there. It's a reason <clears> because once there's a reason for it because once you get down to you know actual playoff time, you can see and make complete just kind of shocking changes to his lineup like uh the one that stands out is sticking canner and adams together for the majority of the uh spurs series or I mean, and then immediately greg popovich in a seven game series in his first year at head coach yeah yep he outcoached him like, completely outcoached him i would say um but i I, th- I think for now you initially start probably start with uh um probably start with ferguson get robertson back into the system a bit and then yeah, I I don't know. I think I think Ferg is probably the move uh, for that. Mm-hmm. T Ferg fan club. T Ferg fan club. This this pod is the T Ferg fan Dude, club. If, if y'all heard me last year, y- y'all heard how much I just hated Ferguson. And it was, and honestly, it's not because of his game or anything. It was just because we played him too much. He's it's a rookie. That. We we were we were just talking about that off the pod. We're saying you rookies, you cannot judge them because there's huge jumps into the second year. Uh, Ferguson's made the good jump. We got to applaud him for that. But getting thrown to the wolves last year for made a really bad impression on Ferguson in a lot of fans' eyes. And I clean slated him this year, and I've looked at him differently. And I now I'm, he's one of my favorite players to cheer for. And I think we're doing a pretty good job of uh, doing that with Hamadou Diallo this year. And, you know, he's only getting like 10 minutes a game. We're not overplaying him or anything. We're just letting him develop yeah, with the second so unit. I, I'm a big Hamadou guy. Big Hamadou we guy. Stole, I wish we, could... we stole him from I'm, I'm the conductor of the Hami train. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Hami too. It's, you, it's, it's because he's the stereotypical Thunder guy. He's the athlete who can't shoot, and we hope we can develop him. <laughs> His shooting's not awful, but oh. you're right. He, it's not great. But but as far as some rookie, uh, as far as most Thunder guys like that I've seen, like it's not, not the worst. Yeah, I mean, it's just we've tried a lot and we've failed a lot. So, I mean, he's got the athleticism, and the athleticism is good enough for him to make a roster on this team. And if he can get a shot next offseason, if he can pull a Terrence Ferguson and make that jump with the three-point shot, 
Oh, man. I mean, Jeremy oh, wow. Grant. Yeah, exactly. I mean, let's see if Hami's going to put in the work in the offseason. But all in all, athleticism is something you can't teach, and you've got to be very happy with that. For sure. Well, for me, Andrew Jameson and Ford, that's our first episode. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll, we'll be back. So keep on listening, and uh, go Thunder.